Oh, hey, you hear that beat? Oh, wow. You hear that beat? That is... Hey. Nice. Hey. 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 Yeah. Man, this really takes away that they can't see what you're doing as well. Uh, uh, that's a podcast. <laughs> what? 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 All right, Andy, freestyle. Ready? Nope. Three, two, one, one and a half, one, a half, go. Yeah. Anywho. Hello and welcome to episode zero of the Alpha Omega podcast. We are live with Derek Schneider. It's live. With Derek Schneider. And Andy Garcia. And our guest today is none other than the lumberjack of LaGrange, the Bear of Burlington, the guy who really likes the Cubs in Champagne, the man with two children. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Such an two count them two, <laughs> two children, maybe more. Sue, I, I don't want to predict anything. Well. Um, just, just the two. Just right the now. two. I, I believe they're going for a full baseball team. Full baseball team. Seven. They gotta have a. They gotta fill that outfield somehow. Uh, Joshua Allen Lutz That's is with name. us tonight. Don't wear mm-hmm. it out. Uh, deep in the heart of the Champagne uh, Church Building Residency yes. District. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's a county and a city. Uh, both of those are real. Yeah. We're but like specifically where people live in Champagne. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. So, we are going to have a little chat, a little chat with Joshua. Chit chat, a little chit chat uh, with Joshua. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna get to know him a little bit. We're gonna ask him a few questions, and we're just gonna see what comes of it. You know, we're gonna, you know, pull on any interesting threads, pull on any little details, maybe that are, you know, that because who, who really knows, Josh? You know. <laughs> Who really knows? Who really knows the bear of Burlington? The man behind the curtain. The man behind the Cubs hat. That is Joshua. I don't know how to reply to any of these things. I'm just kind of letting you guys. That's yeah. fine. Let it run its course and uh, see what happens. But. That's. Yep. Yeah. You, you got. You, yeah. You got to let it breathe. <laughs> like a fine wine. A fine wine. You got to let it age. You got to let it breathe. Aerate. Aerate. A bit. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Waft that good good into your nostrils. You, you gotta let the CO two. I think that's what they say, right? That the good good, the good good, the good, right? good. Yes. yes, the good good. Yeah, I mean it's good good. So yeah, so yeah, that's typically. Uh, that, I mean that's what we're gonna do. Um, so Josh, Joshua, how did you? What was growing up like for you? T- Gro- tell us growing little, up. Yeah, growing up. What was uh, you know. How many siblings do you have? How old are they? What was your home life like? Sure. Um, Okay. So I'm the oldest of four. I have a younger brother, Paul. He's uh, about a year and a half younger than me. A little less than that. Uh, And then I have twin sisters, Hannah and Rachel. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Being the oldest of four, that that probably... uh, shaped a little bit of who i am i guess mm-hmm. i'm i enjoy uh i don't know being i don't i, don't, I enjoyed being the oldest and uh doing things before my siblings yeah you're the one in charge when 
the parents a, a little a little bit right and so there were some things that were uh you know given to me as responsibilities early on i remember like walking to school uh it was like a mile or a mile and a half but i was in like second grade and they were just like you can do it and uh i think there were probably other kids along the way that i hitched a ride with uh or you know walked with but yeah i was given responsibility pretty early wow you were turned into a vagabond by the age of two vagabond. or wait by second grade. second grade yeah maybe age of two is eight or nine eight or nine yeah yeah a, bit a, little, a little bit different yeah. just just a, just a little bit well, yeah i was i grew up in the suburbs of uh chicago so specifically um I mean, we lived in Cicero and Berwyn and Forest Park, but eventually landed in Brookfield. Uh, Shout out. You're the bear of Brookfield. Brookfield. Well, I apologize. There are bears in Brookfield because it's the, the only thing it's really known for is the zoo. That zoo is crazy cool. Yeah. Never been there. Really? Actually. Yeah. We, we had prom there once. That was fun. In like the teen ministry? You went there? Yeah. Cool. Saw some animals in some fancy clothes. That's so, where you hail from. That's you're right. Uh, so anybody in the Chicagoland area kind of knows the Brookfield Zoo. Anybody outside of it, um, they know it as maybe one of two zoos in Chicago. But it's not really in Chicago. It's in Brookfield. And there's a town, and I lived in it. So Awesome. Nice. Great, great, great. So you had twin sisters. Mm-hmm. Still do. Yep. <laughs> That's good to That's hear. That's good to Pre- hear. Present. That is good yeah. to That's hear. That's good to hear. They're, they're still twins, and they're still your sisters. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Was that an interesting uh, experience growing up with twins? Uh, well, I think there was enough of an age separation, like nearly five years, where um, I, I was the clear older brother. So there were some things that I, I did feel uh, respected. Um, but then there were other times where I'm like, I just kind of want to do my own thing, and they'd be around, but... For the most part, I would say that my relationship with my siblings has been a very good one um, for most all times of my life, or most most of my life. I've enjoyed good relationship with them. Awesome. And your your parents? Mm-hmm. How what what were they like growing up? I mean, they they let you walk a mile and a half in second grade, right? Uh, so my parents. Um, they're awesome. Uh, I feel like I have a great relationship with them as well. My dad uh, works um, works at like a large beverage manufacturer, uh, and he's been there for you know coming up on twenty five years. So he's just always kind of been a hard worker. And uh, a lot of when we were growing up, he like took the job just because it was gonna um, earn more money than something else that he was doing. And then after just staying there for a long time and getting promoted, he's just like, well, I'm not going to find something better somewhere else. So he's been in the same place for a long time. Um, and my mom has had a home daycare for like, you know, about the same amount of time, about 25 years, um, where she's, you know, if you get four kids, uh, you're basically running a daycare anyway. Right. And so if you've got, you know, four kids all under the age of five or five or under it was natural for her to say, well, what's a couple more? Uh, <laughs> and then have that be a, a way to uh, make some extra money as well and be able to stay home with us, which was cool. Um, that led to a decision later in our childhood uh, to be homeschooled. So from hey. the time I was... Oh, okay. Yeah, in, now I get it. That explains... Right, 
No, I see it. The overalls and the social awkwardness. I like to say I was also homeschooled, so I I, I yeah. connect with you on we, that. Right. Well, we have to stay, stick together. I think and, we were different types of homeschoolers. Right. I was like the cool one. Right. Like the, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I was yeah. the typical home. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, were the, you were the homeschooler that went on to love data and spreadsheets. Yes. Right. That's right. But I think Just that truth. that happened before. So I, I was kind of a, a late onset homeschooler, you know, because uh, I was in fifth grade. Uh, when that did, out, or did, did you just use the same terminology that they used to describe Alzheimer's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, it, it's Late onset homeschooler. homeschooler. Yeah, interesting. Right. I, uh, how else do you describe? It? I don't know. Um, it's fine. I, yeah, I, I was, I was no in other... fifth grade. No, I was in fifth grade, and uh, uh, we had moved to a new school district. That was when we moved from, uh, I think, Forest Park to Brookfield, and. Uh, we moved there for the high school district, which was supposed to be good, but the middle mm-hmm. school, not so much. And so uh, my parents, my mom, who is still doing the home daycare at this point, says to us, would you want to be homeschooled? Like, I, you have the option. You can continue going to school or go to middle school, or you can not do that, and you can be homeschooled instead. It was your choice. Yeah, it was my choice at All that right. point. So um, I think that they were pretty sure what they wanted to do, but... Uh, they wanted us to be part of the decision process as well. And my brother and I look at each other and we're like, why would we go to school? We can right. stay home. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it ended up working uh, just fine. I, I enjoyed that because um, I was able to kind of learn what I wanted to learn and do it at the pace that I wanted to. Um, but I would say even as a homeschooler, I was pretty diligent about what I wanted to learn and what I wanted to study. So. Wow. Nice. Never thought I would feel like a, or never thought I would be the minority here <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. in the room. Well, but you are. Two, two to one. So watch what you say, okay? But remember, uh, it wasn't until, I, I mean, it was you, fifth, you were, fifth grade. You, that, late onset for right, you. Right, late onset. Yeah. Uh, fifth grade was when we decided, and I didn't actually start until sixth grade. And then I went back to public school and high school. So it was three years of homeschooling. Just enough to uh, not affect me permanently, I think. Well, you you emerged unscathed. Uh huh. Yeah. Andy, on the other hand, I messed up. I got messed up. Have you have you <laughs> talked to this? How many guy? years were you homeschooled, Andy? Uh, in, well, technically, I I went to school in the sixth grade for a semester. Okay. Decided I did not like it, mm-hmm. and then went back home until the eighth grade. Oh, so you were homeschooled up until that point. Up until the semester. You went grade. to school, only were there for a semester. A semester, and then backed out, and then uh, went again in the eighth grade. Still hated it, but I think I, I thought it was the best decision to to stay. Yeah. So at that point, I mean, the transition is going to be tough, but you, you got to do it. So. Yeah. So you just got to stick it out. So that's kind of what I've. Uh, that's my experience. Is that most homeschoolers that I know. They will be homeschooled up until high or yeah high school, and then freshman year they'll go to a high school. Mm-hmm. Is that? I mean, was that what? Obviously, it sounds like what you guys did. Were your other homeschool friends? Were they? Is that similar with? To what I didn't have any homeschool friends. <laughs> he didn't have any friends at all because he was homeschooled. It was uh, <laughs> it was my brother and yeah. my mother and my father. There you go, my brother and my mother. There was like little test areas that you'd have to go to. Sure, right. for homeschooling, mm-hmm. but they were weird. Uh, the people there were weird. 
like the employees. Anyways, well, we're getting a little no, off. Derek. In in my in my experience, yeah, uh, uh, my the high school district that we went. Remember, we moved there so that we could be part of that high school district. Mm-hmm. So by the time high school came around, um, yeah, I mean, you needed to go to high school. It, was, it was the plan. was high school good for you? That high school? Yeah, I th- I think so. Um, I was able to do things that I wouldn't have maybe been able to do if I had continued being homeschooled. I uh, I did plays and All right. I was on rest, you know, I, I did wrestled uh, and I I don't know archery club. Pretty good at wrestling. Uh, I I I was I, I was yeah definitely better than some. I always had a spot to wrestling and the the team was large. Uh, at the beginning of each season, it'd be like almost a hundred wrestlers on the team so that's a lot wow but we would make up four full teams a freshman team uh i think a jv1 jv2 and a varsity team so i always at least had one spot um all the way through i had a winning record all right don't mess with joshua over 500 that's what we yes over five (laughs) over over the 500 for sure over 500 that's what we aim for wow yeah, so high school was a good experience. I think so. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, no, there was a, a certainly a transition from being homeschooled to going to high school, but it, I mean, it was always part of the plan. And um, I was so I was a disciple uh, before I went to high school, but only by like one day. Wow, that changes um, things. So I. Uh, on the last day of summer, before my first year of high school, was the day I got baptized. So that was August 29th, 2004. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was like right before I uh, started high school. Um, so it was a, a lot of big transitions all in a short amount of time. So I went from being a non-disciple to being a disciple and from going from homeschooling to public school. Wow. And would you say... Going through high school as a disciple, was that a challenging endeavor? Yeah, I I would say in the beginning, uh, I did better um, because it was like when you're in the beginning of high school, uh, no matter who you are, you get to decide like, this is who I'm going to be going into high school. But as somebody who was freshly uh, baptized and I was like fired up, uh, I'm like, I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to be a a teen disciple going through high school. And that was my identity. So uh, very early on, yeah, I was um, uh, sure that I wasn't going to be hanging out with people from school. Like all my best friendships were in the church. So that um, was a blessing and a curse maybe, but it it was a great blessing that I, that I was able to just have a lot of close friendships in the church. And those are the people I relied on. So uh, I didn't see much of a need to venture out and make a whole lot of new friendships uh, because I, I had my best friends in the church. Right. Wow, that is a great resource. Were, were there any other friends at that age that had become disciples? Uh, I was the first in my teen ministry before like a a wave of other people got baptized. So, um, well, my guy. He's ahead of the pack. <laughs> Whatever. Uh <laughs> There, so my uh, my brother and um, a number of other uh, guys um, were baptized, kind of within a year, a year and a half after that. So um, we actually had, so we had a neighbor uh, who was a disciple, and he 
uh, he would like come over to our house and my brother and he and I would, uh, uh, we'd have quiet times like before we got on the bus together um, throughout a good chunk of high school. Like he would come over and then we would walk to the bus and then we would go. Um, we had good, good intentions. It didn't always happen, but it was, it was there and we did it from time to time. Nice. That's cool. So let's fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. High school, college, uh, post-college, whatever happened, you're in Champaign. So I guess kind of just walk me through how you ended up here. Sure. Uh, so I could just jump around in an abbreviated way. So I decided after high school, um, I applied to a number of different places, uh, but I got a scholarship to Elmhurst College. Um, which was about 30 minutes from home, um, but within the same area that the Central Ministry Center in Chicago was. And so when people were asking, you know, what campus ministry are you going to go to or where are you going to go to school? Um, My typical answer was uh, the one that I'm going to (laughs) start here in the Central. Because at that point, uh, I think there were two, yeah, two college students in the Central Ministry Center in Chicago. So I was like, there's not a campus ministry here, but I have an opportunity to stay here and go to college and help it become a campus ministry. So maybe this is where I'll stay. Um, And then it helped that they also offered me a better scholarship or a better opportunity than any other place. Um, So I saw that as a sign to stick around and uh, save some money and live at home and go to Elmhurst College. And what were you going there for? What was your major? Uh, yeah, I started off uh, as a history education major, which kind of works like two majors. It, it's like you got to get a history major, and then you have to get a secondary education major. So uh, I did that. Double duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Michelle my freshman year. Oh. Yeah. It, it was a very classically romantic thing, actually. Classic. <laughs> Uh, because of my involvement in theater in high school, I auditioned for a play in college. Um, that play was A Midsummer Night's Dream. And, uh, classic romantic comedy. Oh, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, As old as time. You'll get a kick. I was, uh, I was Theseus. He's the the king of Athens. Oh, you were the king of Athens. Right. Wow. Mm. Very regal. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um michelle was a fairy um mustard seed mustard seed my guess was going to be buttercup so mm. but mustard seed yeah I, i'm surprised that you know at least two names of the four is is buttercup an actual name of the fairy i think it's close if it's score. not far yeah that, that's a great guess <laughs> score for for a fairy yeah. i i we did midsummer night's dream in uh eighth grade oh okay i was nick bottom you know, I would cast you as Nick Bob. <laughs> wow. Amen. <laughs> Thanks uh, for that. Yeah, it's a great speaking role. And it's, it's a comedic oh, role. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's a great role. I, I got to wear a huge head. I've never seen this play, but I can assume what Nick Bottom is kind of like. Yeah. So. <laughs> All you have to do is look at me. Right. Um, also, I imagine my head being the head of a donkey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, you get it. Bottom. It's pretty. But I, so, yeah. Hold on. But my head isn't head of the donkey right now so i don't know how you right now but it's yeah it's there you were able to figure yeah no it was pretty came came quickly so joshua right Mm -hmm. you met michelle and michelle uh 
sometime during the course of that school year, started coming to Bible talks. Uh, hey. I actually didn't invite her directly. Uh, there was another girl that I had invited to come um, just because it had come up. Uh, and then Michelle found out through someone else, oh, Josh goes to this Bible study. And so then she came uh, to the Bible study. Uh, we did another play together, started to become interested in one another. And uh, if I had to redo things, I maybe would have done things differently. But long story short, uh, Michelle got baptized um, over the summer in Amen. between my freshman and sophomore year, in between her sophomore and junior year. Um, she's one year older. And we started dating basically right away. Uh, she got baptized and uh, it was like that evening. We officially started dating. Oh wow! Yeah, but didn't waste so time. Was, was this like a like a flirt to convert kind of uh, situation? You know, some, was this, was this a, a, a case of F, of FTC? Some it people have put it in that classification. A little bit now, like that. Uh, I yeah, I, I basically it was uh, n- now the, the, the no, case but, of Josh and Michelle. I will say this: um, Michelle and I had a conversation when she was studying the Bible. And I remember this conversation fondly because it was actually the moment that I really knew that I actually liked her and that I was really interested in her. And it kind of went like this. Um, I was like, Michelle, you know, you, you, I don't want you to be studying the Bible and uh, doing this for me. Uh, and she just, in a very matter of fact way says, Oh, you, you're not, you're not important enough for that. <laughs> And just kind of like smashed my pride, right? Yeah. Wow. Good job, Michelle. That was right. a moment. You're like, but then so the as as hurt as my feelings were, then later on I was like, well, this is the kind of girl that I want to be with because she's going to put God before me. Um, Classic sign. Yeah. So fast forward to the end of school. Yeah, neurons are the only That's a reverse sign. Okay, but, but when you. When you fast forward, it still makes funny noises. Okay, you're right. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's good. Yep. Yeah, get off my back. So Michelle, Michelle graduates, uh, and then um, I spend another year. You know, she's uh, a year older, so she graduated a year sooner. But then, probably my junior year, or like halfway through my junior year, I decided, "Ah, you know what, I'm pretty sure I want to do ministry. And so I dropped the education portion of my major and uh, switched it to religious studies um, and said, well, I've got the time. Uh, I I have all these electives that kind of go towards that anyway. And so I stuck around for an additional year uh, so that I could round out a uh, religious studies degree in addition to the history one. Awesome. Yeah. And it was before you graduated that you and Michelle got married. That's true. Right. So it was in my fifth year of school and it was over winter break. So uh, we basically worked it out where um, we were able to be done with. Well, I w- she was not uh, doing school. She was working at this point. Actually, she was doing school part time as well. She uh, is almost fluent. I would say she is fluent in like American Sign Language. She was working on a... Huh. Uh, certification for that during that time wow. is she really yeah yeah still fun fact still mm-hmm. yeah she's a she's very good um wow this I... is a quick aside but i i think it would be awesome someday for me to like preach a sermon and for her to also 
like be interpreting it. What a tag team. Wow. That would be pretty cool. Wow. That's a bucket list. Power couple. Power couple for sure. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Where was that going? Um, uh, you were married over winter break. You were still doing school. Right. She was getting her certification. And then we, we honeymooned. Uh, and then I went, you know, went back to school in the spring, uh, you know, in January. So. Well, uh, so then you graduated that spring. That spring, right. And where, where to next? So during that semester, um, actually... Uh, it was probably in that month that we graduate or that I graduated. Uh, I, I was on Facebook and I on Facebook saw a video and that video was about uh, it was like looking for people to do a one year challenge, uh, which is something that people do in our fellowship of churches um, devote one year after they graduate to some church and uh, to you know just give a year to serve. And uh, I saw this video, and it was about Burlington, Vermont. And uh, I was excited uh, by that. I, I saw the video. I'm like, "Oh, that's that's all. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to move to Vermont." And it was just a touching and moving and inspirational, like one and a half minute video. Uh, but then later that day, like the very day that I saw that video, uh, I got a phone call from. Uh, Mike Balzer, who is leading uh, the church uh, in Burlington or leading that planting with his wife, Kristen. Uh, Kristen was formerly uh, Kristen Beerhorst, and she and I grew up in the teen ministry together in Chicago. So uh, they found out, uh, you know, that I was interested in ministry, that I was just graduating with this degree, uh, that we were freshly married and kind of interested in doing ministry. And so they asked us to, to come with them and, and go to Burlington uh, for this replanting. It wasn't really a, a, a planting. There was already a group of uh, five or six families that have been disciples for 20 years or so that have been there and just kind of making it happen. But uh, this would be the first staff people that they had. Interesting. Great. Yeah. And so you went for a year. Well, we, right. We decided to go for a year, but then pretty soon after we had been there, uh, we were sure, well, uh, there's more work to be done and we'd like to stay. You know, we had no pressing reason to come home. And so we just decided to stay in Vermont. And uh, we really enjoyed that time there um, until, uh, and not, not like we stopped enjoying it, but... Um, we had our son, Caleb, uh, was born in Vermont. And so once Michelle, uh, you know, we found out Michelle was pregnant, we're like, this intern salary for me is not really cutting it. Um, you know, the church wasn't able to offer me any kind of benefits there, um, you know, which is understandable. They had a couple of interns and staff people, but it was a small church. So um, at that point, we kind of... Uh, we're like, well, I got to figure something else out. And so I got a different job just to support us while we were there. Um, but then at that point, we kind of put our hat out there and said, hey, we're uh, we're available and potentially looking for other ministry jobs, something that would be a more full-time fit. Um, that led us uh, here to Champaign. Uh, so Tracy and Phyllis Lahr, are the parents of Clint Lar and Clint and Christy 
uh, were basically uh, they're youth and family ministers uh, in the central ministry of Chicago. Um, but they were, you know, basically Michelle and my campus leaders, uh, even though it was a small campus ministry, campus responsibilities were uh, on them. And they found out that we were uh, looking. Actually, I came to, um, it was a Devin Cochran's wedding mm-hmm. here in Champaign. And so I, I visited uh, and, you know, I came to this wedding. Um, and then I think that that's really when, it started to become a possibility for us to move here. Um, Tracy and I had done actually theater-related stuff at teen camp uh, together, theater and worship things, um, when I would volunteer over the summers at our youth camps. And Tracy, I think at that point, remembered that I existed and had this open campus ministry position. It was like, oh, well, maybe we'll... Uh, and I'm sure that uh, Clint and Christy had talked to him at some point to say, hey, they're they're looking. Maybe they would be a okay fit for the campus ministry in here. And, uh, Excellent. And it was. And it was. And here I am. You were at that wedding. That's surprising. Yeah, we we actually, we drove all the way. Wow. Uh, it was like wow. 24 hours of driving. <laughs> Crazy. I was at that wedding. Yes. And we didn't know each other. Uh, no, not really. I mean, I knew you existed. I think I knew you existed as well, but but beyond that, beyond neither that, of you knew I existed. That's true. I knew you existed, Andy. Oh, okay. You were living in the well. Yeah, you were. Well, was I? What year was that? Um, no, it was before your time. Twenty <laughs> fourteen. It was before you were born. <laughs> yep. Again. 20, 2015, maybe? Wow, before you were born again. That was nice. Yeah, thank you. That thank was you. nice. The spring of 2015. 2015, that would make sense. So, yeah, I was still was in high sp- school. That it, was my... It was a spring wedding. Senior year. Wow. Yeah. I was so done with high school at that point. <laughs> so done. Yeah. You were. Um, yeah. Crazy. So, wow. yeah. Um, talk a little bit about uh, having having children. Oh wow! Talked about Caleb a little bit, but yeah, that little how's the experience of uh, being a father been? It's been awesome. Uh, honestly, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it if you don't feel like you're ready, and I feel like nobody really feels ready um, once you do have a kid. It's a a great way to expedite the uh, maturation process. Uh, you just you have to. It's, it's like you can't decide. Oh, well, I'm just gonna sleep in. Um, if your baby's crying, you have to take care of your baby. You have to get up and help him out. But yeah, it, it's cool uh, that Caleb was born in Vermont. Uh, I feel like that's gonna be a fun fact for him, like his whole life. Oh yeah. Uh, like, where were you born? Vermont. You know, <laughs> who's from Vermont? Nobody. Uh, Bernie. Well, right. And it, Caleb. Well, and the funny thing about Bernie is, I feel like a lot of people had never heard of. Uh, him or is or, this Sanders? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I just wanted to make sure. Right. It's good to the clarify. Colonel. Right. No, not that. No. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I don't think a lot of people kn- like knew about him or ever heard of him or what his policies are like. But he was the mayor of Burlington before he wow. was uh, a senator from Vermont. So it's like he's everybody knows it. So it was kind of a funny thing while we were there, and he's gearing up to put in his bid for the election um people are like are you gonna go hear 
Bernie speak at the waterfront, you know, Lake Champlain. And people are like, this is this is crazy that he would. Anyway, pe- people were very excited there. Was it actually called Lake Champlain? Champlain. Okay, right. I, I just wanted to make sure because. Yeah, and, and he gave me that look that he gives me when Anyone people say things less, wrong. Yeah. People, sure. uh, people thought that that was a lot of fun, uh, that we went from Lake Champlain to Champagne. And when we were looking... You lost the L. Right. When we were looking for else. a place, check this out. <laughs> check this out. Coincidences? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so uh, Vermont, ha- it's the population is small enough where uh, the area code for like a phone number for everyone is the same. Uh, it's all 802 and so people have this like weird like connection to the to 802 yeah right same thing here no one no one thinks about 802 you mean 217 yeah right right right. yeah so people are like oh yeah i've got a 217 number I'm 809 from baby but so you've got dozens of these numbers around chicago or around you know illinois but yeah. the whole state is identified by 802 wow so then when we're looking for a place to live, uh, it, you know, we were looking at a lot of online, uh, just apartments and things. And uh, the place that we ended up finding and that we moved into is 802 Crescent Drive. Uh, and so that's, wow. that's where we're at. Wow. And there... so we, we saw that as a sign. We're like, oh, it's, it's meant to be. God is real. That's right. <laughs> if you weren't sure, then now that you if you weren't sure. made it real. Just then. that made right, right made then. Him. Him. Andy, sorry. Gosh, show some respect. My wow. apologies. Um, we digressed a little bit from the we point. Did. Yeah. Uh, fatherhood. Childhood. One more 802 thing. Okay. Did you know? <laughs> okay, so Jimmy Fallon, every episode. The, Jimmy. Jimmy Fallon. As in the. Like the late night host. The right. late night. So every guy. every time, you know, the, the Roots, his house band, they, you know, they do their. You know, the the beginning part. Yeah. But then they say the episode number, right? Recently, guess what number they just passed? 802. 802. And and, uh, Questlove, you know, he he did it. He said, 802, Vermont. Oh, wow. it was, I I was like, wow. Must have been special. It was. um, For me and (laughs) 400,000 other people in the whole world. So not very special. Not very many people. For any one individual but that kind of that kind of special care i mean that was they did their research nice little shout out right that was pretty so impressive anyway does caleb like jimmy fallon um jimmy fallon wrote a book uh called dada that's true okay so you have that book i do i have the book it was given to me by uh by michelle on father's day i think it was like from Caleb to me. You know. Oh, but it was from Michelle. But Caleb, but Caleb didn't buy it. He doesn't, Caleb have, he doesn't have any money. <laughs> he uh, didn't have a lemonade stand that summer. Right. Uh, but yeah, so he likes that book. Um, the only words in the whole book are, are da-da. It's yeah, riveting writing. <laughs> it's really good. Is it, a, is it a picture book or is it just page after page of the word da-da? It's a picture book, but, you know, the only thing that anyone says in the book is, is da-da, so... Uh, having kids has been good. Uh, it has been very uh, cool, I would say. Um, God has very much blessed our situation. You know, we went from uh, being in Vermont where we didn't really have any, uh, you know, substantial like 
healthcare or anything like that. No really real like lined up uh, secure job. Um, but you know, it, we were taken care of. Um, and Esther is uh, six months old now. Wow! Shout out to Esther. Esther is a joy. Um, they're actually both sick right now, Caleb and Esther. Oh. They've got like a cough and a cold, and I think Caleb, Caleb's got a double ear infection. Oof. They're both like happy and easygoing, even though they're sick. So it makes me feel like, man, I have to have a better attitude when I'm not feeling good because <laughs> right. they're awesome. Josh, what is one thing that just any person in the in the in the ministry in the entire world any really and really okay. anyone really anyone if there's an alien All from right. the Andromeda galaxy very specific and he or she or it were to come Don't to the planet in this Earth, situation it's 2018 can't <laughs> oh, can't wow. assume um what would be one thing that 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 they could do to encourage you? An alien or anyone? What could the they point do? of the alien is that it could be anyone. The point of the question is <laughs> what encourages encourages you the most? Oh, you could have started with that question, that right? But we were, we were doing a little thing. Let's yeah. say yeah. shtick. You know? Let's say ah, okay. yeah. Alvin the alien from the Andromeda Galaxy, right? What what could he do to make your day? Wow. Um, well, I, I might have to dismiss the fact that he's an alien because that has a whole different set of questions. Well, maybe. how about let's just let's not judge him. Okay, great. Uh, I'll just assume like he's a regular guy, and yeah, uh, I, I enjoy, think he'd let uh, you know that he's really an alien. Come on, I'm gonna I'm gonna forget about the alien part and yes. tell you what encourages me. How about that? Yeah, that's uh, fair. So I think. Um, I enjoy breakfast foods, you know, breakfast foods are good. Uh, you can't go wrong with, you know, some, some bacon and eggs, mm. uh, a fine waffle, you know. Uh, now, hold up for a second. Okay. Cause a you, waffle. cause you said waffle. I did. Did you and mean? I, just, I, I want to make sure that you didn't mean pan- pancake because pancakes are clearly superior to waffles. Yikes. Um, I just want to clear that up for the... He's from Vermont, though. It doesn't matter. But... To be fair, uh, it's just a fact of life that pancakes are better than waffles. That's pretty rough, though. I mean, because waffles perfectly, you know, uh, cap... uh, You know, they they, they capture all the flavor in all those little geometrically organized boxes. They got got little little flavor flavor pools for the syrup. Pancakes are basically dough that turns into soggy, uh, like a sponge. It's like a it's like a cakey dough that turns Hmm. soggy from dough to soggy dough. It's just soggy, you know. Anyway, waffles get crisp, you know. Waffles get that. I like crisp. They get that crispness. Are you on the waffle train as well? I'm playing the devil's advocate. Okay. Because (laughs) as soon as things swing the other way, he'll. You know, this will be a question that will continue. Um, throughout our podcast because it's something that we oh, it's something that we will ask um, that we will, they will also be asked about Alvin the alien. Wow. Well, Alvin could um, you know, we could go out to breakfast because I enjoy breakfast foods. Yeah. But then he would realize that 
I'm most encouraged when I'm with just a few people and not a lot of people. Uh, and it's people that I, that I know, uh, well, it's difficult for me to hang out in large groups, uh, especially when I don't have deep relationships with a lot of those people. Mm. I enjoy just kind of hanging out. Um, I like, uh, I don't know. Coffee. I do. I do like coffee. You like coffee a lot. I, I do. You it's, also like beer. I do. Yeah. I, I think any kind of like, uh, you know, good coffee, um, or you know, fine craft brew. Those are both enjoyable things. I like, uh, I don't know, Settlers of Catan. I like Oof. that board game. That's a good board game. It's pretty good. I enjoy building things. Um, you know, with, with wood in particular. If you put me in like an automotive shop, I'm not super helpful. But in a workshop, like a, you know, carpentry, that sort of thing, I enjoy that, and I'm okay at it. Um, that's something that I did all through college. That was one of my part-time jobs. I worked in the theater uh, scene shop building carpentry, like building set pieces and stuff and doing carpentry. Um, I like guitar. I don't know if anybody can encourage me with guitar, though. I don't... Maybe a little serenade? No, that would be very weird. Okay. Not encouraging. I get you... (laughs) Scratch that one. (laughs) Right right down the Um, list of things not to do yes right we'll, we'll get you get you a set of some sweet picks okay some sweet sure. guitar picks that could, that could be nice that'll but look like wood some wooden go. i don't know how well that would work not probably i mean because you if got it's it like a flexible wood I don't uh, know if that happens yeah i don't know well maybe we'll look up we'll yeah look, we'll, we'll look into it we'll definitely we'll find it. something well because your your birthday's coming up it it is it is but i think what encourages me the most is uh just people appreciating uh either work that i've done or uh words of affirmation but not publicly you know just uh some if somebody pulls me aside and says hey i noticed that detail that you worked on that thing and made it look like this when probably no one was going to say anything uh if somebody says something like that to me and they they point out that, hey, I, I saw that you did this, and it was very intentional, and I appreciate that. And then that that's usually encouraging to me because I care about the details, and so when somebody sees a detail that I've cared about and focused on, then I'm usually pretty appreciative of that. It's really good to know. Yeah, yeah. Locking that in. I hope uh, everybody listening. Or softball. Oh. I like softball. He does like softball. I do like softball. I'm looking forward to our spring uh, spring season beginning. So yeah, spring outlook season. looking pretty good or how are we So feeling? the Champaign Park District just uh, set up a new division. Um, 35 and over is now a separate division. Oh. So that ought to make the uh, 34 and under very competitive. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think our team is going to look pretty good. Really? Yeah. Did you have there. so you had members on your team that were thirty five and older, correct? Yeah, but not most. I mean, it, it was uh, the the team. I think is going to do well. Um, we we got uh, I don't know. We ended the fall league in second place. We ended the summer league in second place out of a lot of teams. So I think we'll be okay. Well, we'll be on the lookout for that. Yeah, information about the spring season. 
Right. Well, uh, I think this is all the time we have. Thanks yeah. for uh, Thanks coming. For coming, uh, coming around, Joshua. Yeah. Having for this little chit chat. A little pit stop. Having a little talk uh, with us. Thanks Our for having me. Humble abode of discussion and togetherness. I'm looking forward to hearing from our campus students and seeing what they have to say about their life and how they grew up and how they came to Christ. So It's going to be a swell time every week. It's going to be lit. Well, this is Derek Schneider. And this is Andy Garcia. And our guest, Josh Lutz. John, can you just okay. can you Joshua, say your... Joshua Lutz is my name. What? Joshua Allen there you go. Lutz there you is go. who this is. All yes. right. Well, we'll see you next time. Adios. Amigo. Amigo.